Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Thank you for joining the Traveler's Blueprint Travel A Roundtable discussion, where we aim to discuss the beautiful diversity of our planet as it relates to culture, gender, race, the environment, and of course, travel logistics. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back. Briefly, before we get started, if you're listening to this and you're in the travel industry and expert in some way, and you're interested in joining this panel for a future topic and discussion, reach out to us either through a direct message, uh, through our email address at thetravelersblueprint.com or through our website submittal, submittal portal. I guess that's the right way to describe it. Uh, either way, reach out if you're interested. Before we get into the topic of discussion today, I'm going to take a brief moment to uh, in to uh, introduce our guests. So very quickly, tell us where you're located, how you contribute to the travel community, travel uh, content creation in some way, and and how can people find you, whether it's your website or social media accounts. Keshler, why don't you kick this off for us? All right, great. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Keshler Tibet. I'm here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, one of the greatest cities in the United States. Uh, you can find me on social. Let me get this out the way first. Social media, Lake Canard Tourism on Instagram, Lake Canard on Facebook, and I'm also on. Uh, I also have a website, Lake Canard Tourism. Um, what I do to contribute to the tourism industry, I am an independent historian. I am a journalist. I am a tour guide, and I often forget I'm sometimes a travel director. So I'm literally everything, and the role changes per hour. <laughs> and I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. Hey, Jeff, what about you? Yeah, uh, so my name is Jeff Jenkins. I'm the founder and curator of Chevy Diaries. Uh, I live here in Austin, Texas, and I'm uh, also uh, the founding member, one of the founding members of Black Travel Alliance. And uh, you can follow me at Chevy Diaries um, underscore underscore on Instagram. All right, Leah. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm Leah, based out of Los Angeles, and I'm LA in flight on all of your social media. I'm an event producer. I am co-creator and co-host of Ticket to Anywhere podcast. We're visual, so you can find us on YouTube, but you can also listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. So Ticket to Anywhere podcast. And Ariel. Hi, I'm Ariel Rose. You can find me on all social media platforms at I'm underscore Ariel Rose. I am the founder of You Trip and Travel Co., a travel blog focused on traveling frequently and affordably. And I'm based in Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. Thank you all for joining us today. So today's topic of discussion is a good one. It's a juicy one. I'm very interested in getting into this. And it is, is social media killing travel? And some of the subtopics that we're going to get into today is uh, in the age of the adventurer, or is the age of the adventure and explorer all but gone? Does social media create a false sense, false sense of reality? And are people traveling for the perfect picture and not for the experience? Oh, these are so good. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. And, and so, you know, Keshler, I think I want you to start us off. Sure you want me to start? I do, I do. Yeah, let's hear what you have to say. All right. Well, first question. Well, give me the first question first because there's, there's a lot. Okay. For my first question for you is, let me just scroll back up here. Is the age of the adventurer and explorer all but gone? No, because there's always places to discover. Uh, I am on, uh, I'm pretty new to Instagram and I do see people cover a lot, but sometimes people cover the same parts of the world over and over again. And when I see them doing that, I'm looking at them and I say, 
you know there's so much other you're not looking at. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I see everyone going to Mexico, but they go to the same state in Mexico. Like it's always Playa de Carmen. They're also the only people letting us in. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very true. Like, yeah, there's different states that are that are, are are slowly opening and hopefully next month the rest of the states are open. But it's like for the past few years or for the the longest time it's been okay everyone's simply going there when i say well you're really not going to mexico you're only going to quintana Roo. that's just one state there are 31 other states you can visit that's really where you're going to get a real taste of mexico go there and it becomes and eh, but no one's really going there i don't see any pictures i don't see anything on your feed so why am i going to go to a place that I, i'm not familiar with that's the impression I get. why am i going to go someplace where i've never i i don't see people going there so i don't want to go there i want to go where everybody else is going so are there other places that people can travel to? The age of adventure are gone? No. I said, I think it's just starting. As things start to reopen, I think people are going to want to like explore. They're going to get tired of going to the same place. And after a while, they say, well, what else is out there? I do think Instagram and these apps are, like, like I said, a good start introduction. But you may have to do your homework if you want to find out what else is out there. Okay, so it's a matter of being educated on these <clears throat> countries. Like, you know, for me, when I picked my honeymoon, I went to Croatia. I went to uh, a few countries, but they were primarily, I was like Croatia and Bosnia, that whole Balkan area. And part of the reason was because I didn't want to go to Paris or Italy because I saw it so many times. You saw, you see the Leading Tower of Pisa a million times. You see the Colosseum and you see the Eiffel Tower. And I got to a point where it was like, I, I almost, I don't, not that I feel like I went there. Because I'm sure the, the experience is still amazing to be in, in, Fran- in France and stuff like that. But I wanted to find something new. And so social media killed the idea of me going to France. If I didn't have Instagram and I wasn't seeing the picture of the Eiffel Tower over and over and over again, I might have picked France as my destination. And so in that way, social media is kind of watering down destinations that were previously like these gems for travelers like Rome and like Paris. You know what I say to people when they say that? I seems like, you know, France is a huge country. Why don't you go to the south of France? Yeah. Why don't you go to these other places in France? And once again, I think people only focus on one specific area in the country. It's a country. Just go somewhere else. Explore somewhere else. Bob, let me ask you though, did mm-hmm. Did social media, yeah, it killed your idea of France, but did it not help you plan Bosnia and Croatia? Because Ooh. it's it's a place of discovery, right? Instagram is. So Pinterest, Instagram, people go there because they want to see the imagery of like what could be, where they could go. So did you not feel that it helped you in that sense? It absolutely did, actually. Yeah, no. it did. There we go, see? <laughs> It did. Yeah. You know, now that you, now that you say that, of course, you know, once I decided on Croatia, I immediately started following pages that were revolving around Croatia and like, okay, that's a, looks beautiful. I want to see that. Oh, Plitvis National Park. I have to go there. Look how beautiful that is. You're right. That's a, it's a, it's a catch 22, right? Yeah. Yeah. So does that tie into what Kessler was saying though? Is that, is that your age of discovery now is through Instagram and Facebook? You're not necessarily discovering things like Lewis and Clark did where you're literally (laughs) mapping the Western half of the United States, but now you're discovering things in a different way through Instagram. Like you didn't want to go to Paris because you felt like you knew it, but then you researched all of this stuff that was already on social media and online to discover Croatia and Dubrovnik and Bosnia, but you felt like you discovered it. 
Yeah, right. Because I, I, yeah, that's a great point. So instead of me having it shoved down my throat and feeling like I was being forced to absorb French content and then maybe visit France, I did it on my own. So I felt more comfortable. So you I mean, thought that, it was your idea. Yeah, and that's where they got you. That's that's where they that's where they got you. So so one of my subtopics or a point that I do want to bring up under this is that has social media changed travel culture? And is it safe to say yes, that it has dramatically and mm -hmm. it continues to do so? I think it's easier. It's it's definitely more at our fingertips, right? Travel magazines have been around for a while. The idea of travel is more ubiquitous and easier than it ever has been. But the fact that social media is literally a thumb swipe away to mm -hmm. visiting a new place is easier now than it has ever been before as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are people only traveling to be travel bloggers and document themselves? Is that a driving factor for people now because they see so many other people do it, like the people that like us? Um, and now, the, like, we're the driving force behind encouraging travel, which is what we want to do. And that's not a bad thing. That's a very positive thing. But it, is it is it skewing people's uh, experiences in any way? Because we're drawing them on what we want they we think that they should experience i think we're telling people where to go it makes us false sense of everything's going to be perfect all the time because the pictures look so perfect and they want their vacation to be like that and as we all know sometimes you go somewhere you plan it out you get there and it ends up going to pot and it's like there's days that are raining there's days it's like oh this is not photo worthy this is oh i have to stay in my hotel today i can't go i do anything oh the tour was canceled so i worry sometimes that they get this false sense of reality from being online and looking at the photos and when something does a, a speed bump does come along they just become disappointed and they become disillusioned by travel that's my word yeah yeah, yeah i definitely think the same thing i, I would i would say just i mean word of mouth is such a great thing um, I can also say that like there are because of social media, because of Instagram, places that were um non-developed are now becoming developed because of all the 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 tourism and is actually helping the economy in those cities. And so even even smaller places or smaller cities that weren't like heavily populated before, um social media definitely has given that that boost in it uh a lot of people love word of mouth a lot of people don't go places if somebody else hasn't been or they haven't heard like somebody telling them like hey i went here uh they were doing that before social media so it can be your friend or it can be the guy on social media telling you so i, I feel like this it's just a newer way of just saying word of mouth showing word of mouth mm -hmm. at the same time where it was where it's boosting, you know, some countries, economies and things like that. It was almost like a flood of people coming in that some of those countries weren't developed for the magnitude of the tourists that were coming in because of how they were being, you know, blasted on, on the, you know, on social media platforms, not in a bad way, obviously. Um, and so that was the infrastructure for a lot of third world countries that just, you know, are getting a lot of, attention now because of the ability we have to share it so easily um that is something that they had to quickly 
basically produced because they didn't have the infrastructure for that, for the tourism that came from it. I mean, obviously in the end, it's going to be beneficial to that country. I mean, most third world countries rely almost entirely on, you know, their travel tourism um, to balance out their economy, um, which that could also be a conversation too, was, you know, with COVID and how people are going back into travel and things like that. I know I've had that conversation with people. Um, as far as, I don't think there's a fad to become travel bloggers and things like that. I mean, I started my blog because a lot of people my age, a lot of young people that were in college that are black didn't travel. They didn't know where to start. They didn't know where to go. Um, and my whole thing was that I want to travel to look accessible. Like it's not, you don't have to be rich to travel. You don't have to save up, you know, all year to go on two trips a year that it's, you're able to explore the world at a fair, affordable price and you can do it, you know, multiple times a year as often as you want to. Um, I think that like photoshopping, which I'm sure we'll get back into like later, but like you might see a picture on Instagram and there's no one in the background and this person has this perfect picture in front of the Eiffel Tower or whatever. And then, you know, someone that isn't aware that it was photoshopped, like they just see the perfect picture and they try to go there and they, they can't get that picture. They're going to be like, how did that other person do it? Um, and even like when I went to Rainbow Mountain, um, in Peru. It wasn't until I got up there that I was like, oh, so every picture I saw was photoshopped. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Every picture was brightened and vibrant and saturation. Yep. People you know, removed. yes, it's still gorgeous, yeah. but it's not what mm -hmm. what's advertised. And right. I think that's something mm -hmm. that, and I'm, a, I'm an experienced traveler and I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting fully what was in the pictures, but that's that's something I fear for vacationers more so as opposed to like travelers that are a little more experienced that they might be let down going on a big trip because it doesn't, once they're there, it's not as perfect as it was in the pictures. Yeah, I don't think social media does, does a the travel industry a, a service because it hypes up things and provides a false sense of what it will be. When in reality, almost every single photo that is seen on Instagram is completely doctored, whether it's after effects for lighting, Photoshop, or re literally removing people from the image or removing power lines. It's just not what it is. Like the pyramids are right next to the city. And in every single photo, you do not see the city. There's like a pizza hut right next to it. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that's that's a big part of it because how many people, I bet you people just learned today as you're listening to this that the pyramids are literally right next to the city. No idea. The, the, the city abuts them. It, it's mm -hmm. not a far walk. These pyramids are not in the middle of this desert oasis. They're right there. Mass, since I'm still new to Instagram and everything, how many photos would you say, like like a guesstimate, are actually doctored? Of the of the main travel content producers, I'd say there's probably seventy five to ninety percent of all travel photos that are mainly followed are edited. Yeah. And, and Elliot, are you? I counting mean, edited in which kind of way? Yeah. Edited. Even bright brightening it up. And brightening it up the colors, is edited. That still counts. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I would say any like Every, doctoring. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah. say like ninety eight percent of photos. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Because I'd say I'd say most of the photos that Bob and I take on our trips, like we use just raw photos. We try to be as real as possible. 
whether uh, Bob edits his, but <laughs> I I try not to. Yeah, I I do edit them, but it's something that I I want to be clear on the the content that we create is different than I think what a lot of us are talking about because everybody here is in the travel industry to help people. None of us are just online posting Nemo's doctored beautiful photos to say, look True. at me where I went. And that type of travel content creation is, I don't want to say I have an issue with it because I don't. I think everybody should just do whatever makes them happy. And I like it. I think some of those photos are beautiful and they bring attention to these locations that other people might not realize. But I don't like how it's just not real. It's just, that's what kind of bothers me because the real world to me is beautiful in and of itself. You don't need to doctor it. And so it kind of frustrates me when I see a picture and I know it's fake and I know that they're operating on a, well, it's a real, it's a real picture. It's just, yeah, well, do you know what, does anybody familiar with, uh, I think it's in Bali, those two towers in Bali. Oh yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jeff, you do you know what you? Yeah, feel free to, I have, to elaborate. I have, I have a photo uh, with yeah. that, but yeah. yeah so is is uh, I forgot what the name of the temple is, but uh, find it. Uh, but it's you would think that everybody's photo that is in front of it, um, you have like the the tall statues, like the gates to go through it. Uh, most people take a picture right in in between those gates, and what you normally see is on the ground it looks like a river or like a pond and so like you're right in front of that pond but it's not really a pond it's actually an illusion from a mirror and so they just bring up a mirror and they they put it on top of the uh the camera and so it gives you like this incredible looking uh picture but even everything around it there's like a numbers that you have to do. It's like going to the deli and having to pick out one of the numbers. They actually write you down a number. I think we were, when we got there, we were 260 something. And so we oh, waited wow. an hour or so. And there's just people all around waiting and watching you take your photos um, or you watch other people take their photos. So it was, it was a, a, a very chaotic like scene. And they're like, up. Oh, you got, you're moving really quickly to go up and come down. Uh, after the picture so like it is like seriously is that to me that takes away that 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 falls in line with um like this isn't like a full cool experience because instagram is going to show you this incredible shot incredible picture Mm -hmm. uh but outside of that the real world is right chaotic scene yeah and Mm -hmm. and could you imagine someone seeing that picture and thinking that's real and then showing up there and how disappointed you would be to travel all the way there to indonesia and then see that it's not real and so the name of the temple is called pura le poyang lahore and i probably chopped that up the doors of heaven the doors of heaven the gates of heaven yeah so uh, here's a trick if you really want to see what it looks like for real, and this is something that I do all the time, Google Earth, and you drop that little orange guy there, and yeah, boom, the orange guy. you see exactly what it's like. You know what I'm talking about? The little orange yeah. guy in the bottom corner that you can get street view? I do that for everything. So when you drop that little orange guy there, it's a it's like a muddy dirt lot where the water is, where the reflection pond would be. It's just this muddy, dirty lot that they're, they're doctoring with an iPhone screen. Now... Other places that I've dropped that little Google orange guy is the Mona Lisa. Um, oh, Antelope Canyon is another good one. Oh, this is yeah. that. This is that picture. If y'all yep. Yes. Yep. That's yeah. It. Yeah. 
So you can do that everywhere. And I mm-hmm. dropped him in front of Mona Lisa to see the crowds, and it's mind-boggling. You can drop him into uh, Antelope Canyon, which is a, a yeah. beautiful canyon Ooh. with the the layers. You can see the, the the erosion and the wear on rocks, and you can see the different ages of the rocks based on the, the, the color of the layers. And every picture I've ever seen there on Instagram is someone standing there completely mm-hmm. alone. If you drop the little Google orange guy in there, it's packed. Packed. That Just, is some 2020 quarantine travel that you're doing. Right oh, yeah. Now. Dropping the little orange. <laughs> now, listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to touch quarantine back on. Quarantine travel was oh, very great for pictures. I will say Oh, um, yeah. I want to touch back on Bob's point about um, how social media is kind of ruining it for everyone. Like, all of us are in the travel space to actually help others. Like, Jeff helps chubby people travel. Ariel helps people, you know making places accessible to people, letting people know that they can travel anywhere. Um, but I did meet a guy who, you know, I asked him what his goals were. And he's like, I want to just like be a trap, like a vlogger, like a YouTube, tra- a YouTube traveler. But I just want to like, I want to do it for the glory and the fame. Like he didn't care about helping others. He just, hey, he home. could make great content and that's fine. But there was no other purpose besides it just to just get big and make a lot of money that literally he's like I think I could make a lot of money off of it I'm like damn that's why you're getting into this industry like how sad is that to, I didn't say that out loud but I was like that's it should have that bothered yeah, I should have yeah, really. I, I mean <laughs> everyone here is here for a purpose and yeah. you know I was like what do you, what do you mean you just want to like like that's great you can make good content but for for what purpose like there has to be something else more there he just wanted the glory and the fame well it's those well, people that were you. even having this conversation that's why we're you know it wouldn't exist. Well, I can wasn't. tell you now, those those people don't last long. Uh, audiences don't follow people like that for long. Um, a lot of people really do are invested in what they are doing, even if they're making a lot of money from it. But even the ones that are making like millions of dollars a year, they're very much so invested in how can I help somebody? Um, you can see it. And that's why audiences follow them. Uh, because they know that they're getting something out of this. Like you're going out of your way, you're traveling to these countries, you're giving me the ins and the outs. Uh, that's the content that keeps people like engaged and people find out very quickly and be like, nah, we're good. We're not going to follow you. For that. right. so, that's very true. I completely agree have, with that. You guys have worked, you know, so hard to get where you are, whereas he thought he was going to go from zero to a hundred in a few weeks, just because you can make a couple <laughs> cool videos. And I'm like, mm, that's not that's not how it works. Like you guys have had your platforms for so long. You've been working so hard on them. Like it's that progression, you know, it's not you don't just get a billion dollars and that's it. You've made it. You know, that's not how it works. That annoys yeah. me immensely, especially because my history background. If someone goes somewhere and they're only there to take pictures in the oh, because the number one thing I tell everyone, if you have been given given a privilege to go to another country, mm-hmm. talk to the people, get to know them. Learn something about the history. Shut the mm, up. Eh, eh, shut up. Sorry, I was going to curse, but I decided not to. Shut up. <laughs> Let them talk. Get rid of that misconception that people have about Americans. You may learn something. That's your yeah. number one priority. Learn something. And then all the other stuff, you're going to have fun. You're going to enjoy yourself. But number one, learn it. And when you go back, tell other people about these people. Destroy that misconception that sometimes the media has about other countries, that they're this way or that way. You owe, your, you owe that. So right. Please. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the big things that bother me about this social media trend of people going to these countries and just going to take the picture that they saw someone else take and they liked. And that's it's it's and then seeing those posted, it just 
it's a shame it doesn't do travel justice and I, I do think there's a lot of people that have great head on, heads on their shoulders and realize it and see it and it's those people that are smart enough to realize it that are going to continue pushing proper travel but so well, to me I mean, I, well, I'll go, go ahead I was going to say that Bob that that to me I don't know if this is a term or not but I'm going to make it one now those are checklist travelers the ones that just want to see just get the photo and say they've been there and those are the people that go and cram a seven-day vacation with landmarks and they get the photo and then they run to the next one without actually learning anything about the destination that's i feel like that's who you that's who you are and that's what you like to do and that's just what it is. Like, I, I feel like I'm not going to knock anybody for right. for wanting to do that because uh, I can tell that there are people that that's how their mind works. Like, they actually want checklists. They want to be able to see as much as possible in a short amount of Interest time. This is all the time that I have. Yeah. And so, but I also, I can't just knock Instagrammers or just travel people because I know you did mention it earlier, like magazines have been out for a while. But that's what, like, all my photographer friends or these journalist friends that I have, that they they go to a place just to get the picture. They don't they don't really care. Like, like I'm gonna learn. Maybe I might learn something about uh, the culture while they're there, especially if they're journalists. But the photographers, they usually are going out there to get an epic shot because they know like this shot is going to be the the money maker. This mm-hmm. shot is the one that people are looking for. Um, even, and you definitely know they doctor all their photos up. Oh, yeah. So right, I, I feel right. like this is, I mean, this is something that we've always been in. Like, it, it's, yeah. it's nothing new it's that people point. would go somewhere to go get a shot when every magazine, National Geographic, whoever, uh, has been doctoring up shots and even finding out from, yeah, I won't even go into no. the, and the I'm, whole I'm, nature, the uh, nature stuff. I do want to make a, a quick point that it is, even a raw photo can be adjusted when you take the photo, like ISO yeah. exposure, shutter speed, all of that adjusts the end result of the picture anyway. So at what point is a picture not edited? And I think it's, there's a point where, yeah, you're definitely overdoing it by up putting too much vibrancy or saturation. I mean, a black and white photo still says a lot, but it's edited, right? And a black and white photo of Rainbow Mountain will still probably look beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like um, one location I'm really trying to get to right now is Haiti because oh, they're... I'm sorry? Sorry, I just said uh, that's my country. Whenever a Haitian hears Haiti, they say, oh, that's, that's my country. Okay. <laughs> but like, I think it's so oh. crazy that people are so quick to rent DR, but they don't want to go to Haiti. And Haiti's still a very gorgeous country. So that's kind of like, sorry. Um, so it's like, that's, but that's all because of perception. Like you don't typically see Instagrammers location being Haiti and it's gorgeous waterfalls and massive amount of greenery and jungle like you you would automatically think it's somewhere else aside from Haiti just because it's not publicized like that um and so I feel like that's something but that goes back into how we you know contribute to travel I feel like now is I'm almost kind of pivoting not fully, but I want to go to countries that aren't typically talked about to highlight them because it's 
it's all perception. Like Jeff, he was saying like, it's not new. It's, it's not, it's just more accessible now. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting point you just made. And it made me think about how travel media is portrayed, right? A lot of people that go to, that would go to Haiti in the recent years, especially following the earthquake, they go to show the earthquake because that's what they think people think about Haiti. And they're going to show what people think about that country. And I think we as travel content creators have an opportunity to show flip sides of what people assume destinations to be like. I went to El Salvador, like back in November, last November. And that's when I first started getting into Instagram. So I started posting the images. No one believed that I was in El Salvador. Now El Salvador is poor. You're showing, no, that's not it. That's not true. And I was like, yeah, this is true. And I was responding, yes, this is true. That country's dirty. That's not, like, no, I'm here right now. It's not like that. You should come and visit. People are nice. No, people are poor there. No, I don't, no, man. No. Yet another example of people trying to downplay your lived experience. You're yeah. literally like, I am in the country right now. Yeah. And people yeah. still don't believe that things are happening. I mean, that could be applied to so many things in this day and age, but man. Uh, do, does anybody, is everybody familiar with Drew Binsky? He's all over social media now. He's trying to reach every country on the oh. planet. So he's... He's in America. He's from Arizona, and he's just been traveling around to every country on the planet for a few years. I've been following him uh, on Instagram, and he did a stint in the Middle East, and he went to – he's an American guy, and he went to Pakistan and Iraq and Iran and these countries that are in the, the, the American media as being our enemy all the time, shoved down our throats. And me, the governments – quite yeah there there are issues our governments are not cozy together for sure i would not i'm not going to pretend that that's the case but the people there need to be removed from the government and what he did he went and he traveled those countries and he talked to those people and they were so accommodating i think it was pakistan where he didn't pay for anything they were so nice to him and so happy that an american would come there and explore their country and meet them and experience their country with them that he, he was like offered places to stay and meals and ended up wow. not spending any money. And I'm watching this video and it's it was just, it was so great to see someone do this and make this content and he gets millions of views. And now you have this video circulating to to on social media, the thing that we're kind of, not kind of bashing, but contemplating whether or not it's good, doing really, really, really good and, and really helping that country not be seen for what how it often is in our in our country i heard in pakistan there's a cultural rule that you can't if a if someone a stranger a guest arrives at your door you have to like take them in and feed them for like one to three days oh yeah that's That's, i think that was part of it yeah just if you after we get off um, and for those listening if you're interested just type in drew binsky pakistan He's been to uh, every country in the Middle East now. I think I forget. He only has like five countries left or something. So um, check it out. They're about like 10 minutes long and it's just really cool to see it. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. yeah. That checklist traveling, Elliot, that you brought up though, this is precisely and personally why I'm not, I don't count my countries. Like I've obviously know how many countries I've been to. 
but that's not what I promote. Some people, that's like their line. They're like, yeah, 75 out of 193. Mm -hmm. For me, I value longevity in a country. How well did you get to know that place while you were there? Because people will literally check, will check France off their list if they've had a beer in the airport. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, you're serious. You consider that visiting a country? They're like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, you did not even leave the international terminal. How do you consider that country? They're like, it counts. It counts. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't count somewhere unless I've spent two nights there. Uh, there. Yeah. You have to have a requirement if you're going to count. Right. But I know there is a requirement for for the actual list. Yeah. I am a person that like counts how many countries I've been to. I have a goal to, you know, make it to 30 countries by 30. Um, That's different though. Like that's attainable. (laughs) Yeah. But like my whole thing is, um, yeah, I think, yeah, but you have to actually spend time there. Like I'm also a person that likes to have cultural experiences in a country. Like if I can do a homestay, even if that's one night out of my trip, like I'm going to take that route to actually be in someone's home and have a, you know, a mom, like, cook me dinner with their family. Like, those are experiences that are amazing, you know, um, that well, give I'm not, you... I'm not trying to knock people who are running <laughs> through these countries, but they're running through the countries without really, like, experiencing the right. culture, I guess, or yeah, even sometimes stepping outside reason. of the airport. Yeah, for the wrong reason. I'm like, oh, again, no, what for what purpose? You know, just to, like, kind of check it off, like you said, but... yeah. And there is, there is something to be said because checking off a country is really gratifying. It's like and when you feel like you've earned it versus just saying, oh, yeah, I had a beer in the Paris airport. There's there's definitely a difference. And I don't know, like I'm not someone that I, I like to take pictures when I travel, but I've changed the way I take pictures. And I often try when I first started traveling, it was take a picture of everything so I can remember and now I'm to the point where I really enjoy my trips, but I also want to enjoy them while I'm there, not just for when I leave. Like, I don't want to have to relive my entire trip through photos. Sometimes it's better to do it while you're there and then have a few photos that you can remember afterwards. How many times have you seen somebody standing in front of a landmark or something that you know they've traveled extensively to experience and they only look at it through their cell phone that's in front of their face? And then they, they put their phone away and they turn around and go. Like, that was their time experiencing that thing. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen it so many times. And and for me, I I was guilty, I think, earlier in my 20s, like, traveling to just get as many pictures as I can. Elliot, like you said, you know, you just, you, you want to remember the trip forever and that's a way to do it. It's something that I've done more recently, though, is take a travel journal. And I, and I try to, at the end of the day, or when I'm traveling between a city or something, when I'm on public transportation or in an Uber or whatever, you try to jot some things down that you did. And you can actually write in emotion and, and taste and things like that that go much further in helping you remember the trip than a picture ever would. Mm-hmm. This is so cool. Let us know what that travel journal is. I'd like something the, pretty specific. Why well, I, I just write <laughs> more specific. <laughs> I, I write my own. Um, I, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, oh, I thought you meant there were categories, like there were lines that say, here, write what you tasted, oh, no. write what you yeah. felt. No. Yeah. It, if, if you want something like that, <laughs> we'll make it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Traveler's it, Blueprint store? Yeah. store coming soon? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's fun, like depending on who you travel with too. Like I know Bob for his honeymoon, he and his wife alternated doing the journal. But then when Bob and one of our other friends and I traveled to Peru for a week, we each took turns writing in the journal. So it was different perspectives awesome. each day. 
Yeah. yeah, it was. Really I mean, cool. the one the one with my wife is funny because one day, you know, I was I took the time to write it while like she's taking forever to get ready to go out for the night. And I'm like, um, she's taking forever. So I figure <laughs> I'll write some things. And then like, she'll pick it up the next day and she'll see what I wrote. And she'll be like, he was just being impatient. But this is what we did that night. And so it's like, it, it like really, passive aggressiveness yeah. via journal. It, yeah. And via it's just journal. like, it's just so funny. And it, it's, it's, I, I think I said this on the podcast. It's probably like my most valued travel uh, item now like over any souvenir that I've ever bought any picture I've ever taken I have this documented in our own thoughts all those years ago and it's just it's it's pretty awesome but please so, tell me you're going to digitize that so you can save it like forever because if it I have down in and a it's fire been on my to-do list could you okay imagine? Uh, I need to <laughs> yeah just you're go right. like Adobe screenshot and yes. Yes. Scan all of yes. it. yeah yeah yeah, like, oh, hold on, I'm gonna go do that real quick. <laughs> Being a travel blogger, like when I first started out, I think I was way more focused on getting the content so I could share it with other people. Like I had to figure out the balance of like notating and being so observant of what was going on so that I could tell people about it. Um, as opposed to really experiencing it. Like even me and my sister traveled together the other day, we were even like going through the airport and this is during quarantine. So I'm documenting it because I wanna be able to show people how, you know, airports are going during this time. And she's like, your memory must be like amazing for your phone and you're always recording something or taking pictures. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, you know, a part of the job. But lately when I do travel, I do try to balance it so that I can experience where I am and experience what's going on around me as opposed to constantly documenting. And even, you know, we talked about safety before, but sometimes not posting live is good for you. Um, And that's something that I've implemented a lot lately is that like when I went on my European tour, like I would, I wasn't necessarily posting live. I was documenting stuff. I was taking pictures. I was writing stuff down. Um, but then I would condense it all and then do it like when I moved on to the next country. Um, so I could experience each country fully while I was there. And that's also a woman's safety thing. It is a woman's safety thing. I think about it too. I never post like I don't exact, post live. I'll post in a city. Like I'll say I'm in a city, but I won't say like tag myself at a hotel. Right. If that makes sense. Never. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, same here. I, um, like, like I, I just, well, not just did it, but I, I've been doing it now. I just got back from a road trip, but I've been on this road trip. It seems like I've been on this road trip forever, um, but I've been home for the past like two weeks, two, three weeks, or I haven't been on that, that massive one that I was on. Um, and I do that because like I have people that live in my house and my sister-in-law lives here. And so like if I'm like gone out of town, I don't want people to know that I'm like yep. actually not there. So exactly, exactly. It's like leaving it, a few lights on when you leave. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, all right. I'm going to bring up something, sort of transition within the realm of of social media destroying travel. <laughs> no, the a headline that we've all seen now a million times is the article that says. Quit your nine to five and travel the world, making seventeen million dollars a minute, and you know blogging and. I want know, that, that job. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's my question. Ultimately, <laughs> you know, obviously, um, I'm exaggerating what the headline is, but I think all of us have seen it, and I think there is some truth to it. What I do want to do is sort of maybe have a realistic conversation of, uh, what that actually means for people, and is it realistic for everybody or 
I don't know, just sort of dive into the details of it. Does does anybody want to take the lead on, on this topic? Oh, um, no, my no. nine to five fuels my, my travel. So <laughs> yeah, right. That's a I lot mean, of people. Yeah. I mean, if you're able to transition, um, you know, like you also have to be very intentional. Like you can't just flip a school, flip a switch and quit your nine to five. And the next day you start up a YouTube channel and YouTube is paying you two grand a video every week or whatever. I don't even know how YouTube payments work, but, <laughs> um, but like, if you have been working in a job for however odd many years and you're like, okay, I want to take social media serious. I want to take blogging serious and I want to transition in a year so that I don't have to work this nine to five anymore. And I can solely make an income off of my influence. That's not absurd. Um, but it takes planning to do that. You can't just do it. But if you say, okay, what, what's today? September 6th. September 6, 2021, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start traveling the world for a year. I'm going to land this in this campaign. I'm going to learn how to, you know, pitch myself. I'm going to do this, this, and that. I'm, I'll get a manager or whatever it is. If that's the route you go, it's not insane. You can do it. It's completely possible. I've seen people do it. I'm transitioning myself, but it's, it's not something you can do a flip of a switch. And I think it is sold that it's that easy. Yeah, that you can is. quit your nine to five on Friday and you can be on a plane on Monday and you're just set. And you'll <laughs> figure it out on the way. Yeah. <laughs> There's right. so that's, many professions that can't, you end up can't travel country in. that you're not used to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I was just saying there's so many professions that can't, they can't, they have to be where they are. They can't just pick up and, and go. And so those headlines are, very misleading and it does take planning it does take so much so planning. much planning right and it, go ahead jeff well no i was just gonna answer so yeah um there's so much that goes into being an entrepreneur because that's what you become at that point like you're a small business owner or more so a, a freelancer it, it depends on right. what you want to call yourself but um if you're a lot of times people don't understand that that's what is actually happening and how much effort and how much energy it takes. One of my books that I've read, read, uh, read I'm sorry, almost said written, was by <laughs> Grant Cardone, 10X Rule. And he talks about uh, people give up because they underestimate uh, how hard something uh, takes to get to or whatever your goal is, how hard it is, and um, or even how long it takes. And um, so even it actually is very easy to go walk into your office and say, hey, I quit. That's actually really easy to do. It's actually really easy to be like, hey, um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a travel blogger. That's that part's easy. That is that part. When you want to say that part, that's easy. But to be able to do everything to get this thing going and running, mm -hmm. it, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of work. People, I make it seem easy at times for myself, uh, but it's a lot of effort and, and, and headaches and uh, how we're going to pay our bills today. Um, we're, we're blessed to not be in that situation now, but I've taken over two years yeah. uh, of just like nonstop is, work. Yeah. Yep. Another thing is like when you're in that position, that's not your job. Like you were saying, like you're an entrepreneur at that point, you partner with a hotel 
you have deliverables you signed a contract yeah. mm -hmm. you're not just on vacation anymore that's not it's not like you're just there to be there you have to create content and yeah. you have to like you have to deliver on whatever the contract is yeah. so like someone might see me on a trip and be like oh that's so great like how did you but like you're you're 6 a.m to 2 maybe you getting up to take content at the pool because no one will be there. Um, you know, you getting all of this, this and that done. And then later in the evening, maybe, you know, that night, you can do something outside of that that you planned for yourself. Um, and then even like, even if you're a single mom or like a family, a couple that does this, like you have to think like your kids, like if your kids come on the trip, your kids are part of your content now. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you have to think about all of that. So, right. um, and you, you probably like, don't get paid until that content is live and up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that net 30, so. that net 60, that's <laughs> yeah, uh, that yeah, is, not that is, exactly. Yeah. So, you also have to realize that counts your receivable are now your job it, you're not just on a trip to have a trip you have deliverables that you have to deliver yeah. i that love this conversation because yeah. <laughs> i i love travel but i will never become a travel blogger <laughs> i and i i think it's because i love travel too much like i don't mm. i don't want to ever feel like traveling work. is work i want to mm. feel like travel is something for pleasure i want to be able to experience the place and I have, I have tried to imagine myself traveling because I know it's the easiest way to travel full time is to be a blogger because so many other jobs, we have the ability to work from home and work remotely, but it, it doesn't always traveling as a blogger gives you and forces you to go to new destinations and forces you to interact with those destinations. But I don't want to have to worry about taking photos. I don't want to have to worry about putting a video up. I don't want to have to worry about writing a positive review, even though I hated the place. <laughs> See, I'll challenge you, Elliot. Well, now that I, I would, I would, I hope that nobody does that because, or they shouldn't be doing that. Oh. That's actually illegal. Ah. So what happens? Well, I want to know if that's ever happened with like Ariel, Jeff. You've gone to a place and you've been sponsored for it. It's been, you know, it's part of your content creation package and you actually didn't like the whole deal and you didn't like sorry i'm hijacking the questions guys you're good, you're but like good. you know so if you've gone to a place and like oh god part of the agreement is to write a review like and you disliked it would you speak truthfully on that my mom always told me if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it mm. that's how that's how i usually get away yeah. that's how i get away with it, some of it um okay. But sometimes people want my honest opinion. So I, I tell people, and then also, I also know that everything that I say is subjective, meaning that this is my personal opinion. So I'm right. gonna give you what I think. Uh, and, I, and there's never been a place that I've been to that I did not like fully enjoy. But I will tell you, man, if I saw some, some, um, some creatures like crawling in my room or uh, or in my food when they I'm at the little restaurant downstairs. Oh, it's, we definitely talk about that. We need to talk about this, guys. Yeah, like, we right, need to talk that's about your it, service, right? right? Yeah. 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 You no, know, um, as far as like, I haven't necessarily been experienced where you know, like I've been where it's something like that that I've been treated badly or there was something you know like terrible that happened. But like, um, like I've never had to write a negative review. But if there was something I wasn't crazy about and then there was something that i loved i would probably just go more into what i loved yeah. um but 
Yeah, no, you got to, I mean, being, but that's why you have your own blog. Like, so yeah. you can kind of speak, <laughs> that might be yeah. different from the deliverables and you might not name names or whatever, but like <laughs> have your own blogs. I know there's plenty of blogs that I have that I'm like, in my little old opinion, that's how the statement <laughs> So, I mean, um, yeah, um, but you do have to be conscious of, you know, like if you're signed a contract. Yeah, yeah. Elliot, I mean, to, to go back and on what you said, <clears throat> and you don't want to travel, you don't want to be a travel blogger because you don't want to be forced to do it. I, the only thing I would challenge is that that's kind of the beauty of being a travel blogger to me in my eyes is is being forced to do it and making money doing something that you really love. So like that's the I, thing. I don't think I would love it anymore. Interesting. Yeah, well, then it's not it's not for you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, I, I mean, I tell you, like, there's times where I'm like, man, this is work because I. Like I, I have to tell people, and I, I think my uh, my spouse, she she can sometimes forget that that's what I'm doing right now. I was like, this is this is not a game right now. Like I'm I'm literally working. Like, but there are, I have so many moments of like, dang, this is my job. Like, yo, this is fun. Like, this is. I was like, yo, this. I was gonna take these bitches anyway. So, <laughs> to me, I felt like I'm going to a place. I just. I'm I'm getting better at making sure I plan ahead of time. So like what I'm doing before I leave the house, I know ahead of time, like this is what I'm gonna do. This is the shot I'm gonna get. So instead of going somewhere sometimes and like being surprised, I need to know everything that's already there so I can get in, get those shots, get whatever I need to do, whatever those deliverables I need to fulfill in that moment so that I can enjoy it while I'm there. Right, then you can Uh, have your trip, then you can be on vacation. First it's work, then it's vacation. You have to understand that part. That That's part what of, you're signing up for. And that was part of the reason Elliot and I, one, we, we, we started this podcast for a multitude of reasons, but one of them was because we were seeing these beautiful doctored pictures on Instagram uh, from people. And we were like, you know, what's the deal? Like, what's their background story? How are they affording this? How are they doing this? And we started a podcast to interview people that do it just to get some background <laughs> information on it. And what we learned in in our years doing this is that it is a full-time job and those people are like i i want to talk to anybody that's thinking about making a transition from whatever it is they're doing to being a full-time travel blogger talk to anybody at all that you know that operates their own business whatever that business is all those issues that they have you're you going have. to have too <laughs> right yes, you will. this is yes, no different will. than any other business you are stuck you still have deadlines that you need to meet you still have a ton of work you still need to wake up early to get it done you're still taxes. required to produce taxes yep accountability yeah, yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. Big thing. oh yeah please can we get into that you know how to do your taxes as a freelancer please <laughs> jesus but and, and, and so jeff and Ariel, like when when you said you know you're working all day long and then you might get to enjoy something later on you know the people that are traveling to these countries yeah they're doing it for their job and then maybe they'll get to go have a nice dinner in rome with their significant other that isn't a part of their business but they're in if they're in rome to make money from nine to five they're exploring rome for their travel blog and then when they get done work then they go out so they're still working a nine to five essentially you know roughly speaking with the hours but they're still working all day and then after they get done work then they get to enjoy their leisure time, just as if you would do if you were sitting in whatever place you are right now working a normal job. It's not that different other than you have the differences in your location. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I can say that like the actual things that I'm doing for work are actually experience, experiential 
I don't even know if that's the right word, but like I'm experiencing something. Like it's like my job was to go on a tour uh, at at a uh, from a hosted event that I went to. So it was like I went on a tour. I wanted to go to Graceland. I wanted to see Elvis Presley stuff. So it was like to me, it's still an excursion. So all I had to do was talk about it uh, and get some shots. So to me, I was like, man, I take that job over sitting at a desk any day. Uh, kind of moments like I like that like that part's fun um, but it's and still even, it is a lot yeah go ahead sorry because even like there are times when it's not a nine to five you put you might put in hella hours editing you know writing up reviews blogs sure. whatever it is like you do have to put a lot of hours into it if you're you know, providing a hotel with content they can use for advertisement purposes. So not even content with you in it, you know, you like you're just genuinely creating con advertising content for them. You have to make sure like that's high quality things that you're you're giving them. Um, and so that might take an extra, you know, whatever amount of time to edit or to go through the thousands of pictures that you took, um, you know, to really provide them with the best content that you can. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things that go into it. Like when I first started my blog, I didn't plan on making money off of it really. And then my website renewed automatically. And I was like, oh, so this is how much money I need to make on this just to feel like I'm breaking even. Yeah. Like, I remember having that thought. I was like, oh, this came out of my account. Okay, yeah. bet. So <laughs> that was like the realization I had. Um, yeah. So like, hey, how you get into it, how you get into it. But it, the nine to five is an interesting concept, right? Because the, the nine to five, the eight hour, the 40 hour work week is completely arbitrary. <laughs> And as, as an entrepreneur, which is what you are as a travel blogger, is you are making enough to feel comfortable, right? You could be working 80 hours a week. And if that's how you feel comfortable and you're making a lot, then that's great. But if you're, make, if you're only working 20 hours a week to feel comfortable and to sustain your travel, you're only working 20 hours a week. The nine to five doesn't matter at all anymore. You could be working from 12 to eight or eight to four. Mm -hmm. That's how Tim Ferriss describes the new rich in his book, the four hour work week. Yeah. And I was going to say that like the one, the biggest thing that like the benefits to me of not just having that typical nine to five, but working for myself uh, is I have the power of, of creating my own like schedule. Yeah. Like I can pick and choose when I go do something sometimes. Like it, it really just works that way. Uh, and I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. That's there's a lot of freedom in that. Yeah, Keshler, as a as a tour guide, do you have a lot of freedom in how you and when you give tours and where you give them? As the company I work with, yes, I have freedom, but a lot of people do not have freedom to do that. Uh, that was actually an article I wrote uh, maybe a month ago. Like specific tour companies kind of want to make sure that everyone is happy when they give a tour. So it's a very kind of standardized, like kind of stand, like sanitized, I'm sorry, that's the correct word, sanitized version of American history. So mm -hmm. no one feels offended. No one's like their feathers are ruffled. It's like, everything was perfect. Slavery, they were happy doing it. It was a job. You know, this, this, this happened and here we are today. And everyone's like, well, I feel good. Here's your tip, sir. You know, <laughs> they, they, they pushed them like do that and go in that direction. Whereas me, I'm independent, whereas I tell them, like, I can say, what, like, listen, this is the past. This is what happened. 
if you're upset with it, there's a time machine, DeLorean around the corner. You can go back in time and change things. But this is how it happened. And I hopefully after the tour, you'd like to pick up a book and learn some more about it. But this is the past and this is how we got to right here, right now. A quick side tangent for anybody who follows John Oliver. He did a great uh, part on how horrible the uh, how yeah horrible the the education system is in America when it comes to actually being accurate with the history. And so it's, it was actually incredibly insightful. Um, was, I, I highly recommend checking. I was out. just at Mount Rushmore like two weeks yeah. ago, and just like walking. Oh, I was too. And I'm reading everything. It's like, oh, that is some. Mm, okay. <laughs> Okay. It's okay. it's watered down to say the yeah. least. Yeah, it's, and kids yeah. were like high fiving, like, "Wow, George Washington is the greatest!" Uh, his yeah. is the I'm like, okay. And the, the thing, you know, before I have people hate me for saying that our education system is horrible in the history, it's it's just not accurate, and that's not. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm not trying to pick a side. I'm just being factual. It's there. There are actually be offensive. Pick a side, Bob. <laughs> there are things. There are things. There's a reality to our country, and whether or not you agree with it or disagree with it, you should at least know it. So, um, facts are facts. Facts are facts. I've had literal families come with their children and said they're not getting this in school. Teach my children. And I said, yeah. well, what? What? Okay. It's like they know nothing about this. And it's like, don't they know about this? The American Revolution. And it's like, no, they really don't. You teach them about the American Revolution and say, oh, okay, I guess, okay, here we go. So, yeah, I, I get a lot. I even got a response from someone like two months ago that I gave a tour to about like a year and a half ago. And they said, because of your tour, I realized how poor our education system is in our area. So, I'm now work, trying to work with the school board to actually like change things and improve like the, uh, the, the way history is taught and making it as like accurate as possible. And I was like, oh, look, I feel great. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that just like, they come here and they don't know anything. They say, well, name the 12 colonies. And they're like, California, Jordan. I'm like, what? California? Oh, okay. Were you Okay, you're special then. Okay. <laughs> you want to go back a little bit and start from the beginning. So, so I know Jeff needs to get off uh, pretty soon. So I do want to get close to Elliot's hoorah question. Here. Hoorah? <laughs> Elliot, two rock questions of the day. I might do that from now on. I kind of like it. Is it? Is, it, right. is it obnoxious? <laughs> it is, but it's perfect. Okay. All right. It's, a, it. it's perfectly obnoxious. Mm -hmm. So the question I want to ask everybody is, as travel content creators, what is the one thing you want to instill in the people that follow you and listen to you? You have to pick somebody to... Jeff, we'll start with you. I was hoping that somebody else had, uh, went first. Um, I don't know. I, I think life is short uh, in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying it to say, um, like, try to go do as much as you can and just be reckless with it. But I really do feel like, man, it's, it's the kindness and us being able to love on each other, even in other countries and around the world. Uh, us going into places with positivity and an open mind to just learn. Uh, so, yeah, man, I just, I really do want people to just enjoy this life that we do have. Well said. Leah? Um, I'm co-creator and co-host of Ticket to Anywhere podcast. And with us, it's about adventuring from anywhere and kind of changing the way you view travel. So we always think jump on a plane to an international country and that is the only way to travel. But I mean, I'm lucky enough to live in Los Angeles where there's a lot to do, but if you can 
view your neighborhood coffee shop or a short hike around the neighborhood or up a hill as somewhere where you can find the magic of traveling. That's what we hope to inspire people, that it's like adventure from anywhere. Look as look at travel through a slightly different lens if you can and think that every day is an adventure. It doesn't have to be going across the world to Bali. I like that. Ariel? I like that a lot. I also think quarantine really boosted that as well because yeah. it really boosted domestic travel. But as far as my platform and YouTube and Travel Co., what I really want people to get from it is is representation first is that um you know you don't have to like you can look like me and we can be everywhere you know um and then also that as young people that we don't have to be you know like there's this perception you have to be insta famous or you know you have to be rich to travel um a lot of because my parents aren't american so like i mean a lot of my friends are are fully American and they're like how do you travel so often and it's because I've traveled since I was a very young very very young child um because I was just normal um for me and um I, I really just want people to get that you can do it multiple times a year it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg and anybody anybody can do it hmm. thanks for that Kessler I try to instill in people just simple when you go anywhere doesn't matter if it's domestic, other side of the world. Just say hello to someone. Say hi. How's it going? Hello. Try a conversation. If if you feel uncomfortable, just just try to get over. It. Just say hi. All then right. you make a new friend. That's it. Yeah. Hi. It go surprisingly long way. Yeah. It will. It will. Yeah. Bob. By the way, as the uh, co-host of the Travelers Blueprint Podcast, what do you hope to do? So something that I want to instill in people is to embrace diversity. I don't think I would be the co-host of the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. I don't think it would exist if there was not, if we did not live on a diverse planet. Because that to me is the most, most interesting thing about our planet is how how different it is depending on where you are and who you speak with and, and what you experience. So I think people should embrace diversity and I think you'll be a much happier person if you do. I like it. I'm with you on that one. I think, I think we have the opportunity as as content creators to share the love of travel because it instills sympathy and empathy in people to see how other people live, and to have that privilege of travel is what I think we're talking about today. Is like, does social media kill it or is it beneficial? And in some ways, social media is harming the travel industry, but in other ways, it's it's providing people with the opportunity to see what's possible, to see and give them hope that they can travel and they can do it. And that's really where we as content creators need to focus our energy. We need to be true to ourselves and true to the people that want to travel, that this isn't glamorous. It is, it's about respecting the people in the destination. And it's about understanding who you are and why you want to travel and why people are different. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well said. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning into this conversation on uh, 
social media and essentially how it impacts travel. I like how we sort of started with a conversation that, I don't know, we were all, I thought it was going to go much different, to be honest. I thought we were going to all bash social media, and then it ended on a really high note. So there maybe is hope for social media if you use it wisely. Yield the power wisely, and mm-hmm. I think it has a great benefit to travel content. And should we should we quote uh, Marvel and in Spider Man, Uncle Ben? With what great power, with great power comes great responsibility. Responsibility. That is a that is a great way to end the podcast. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Subscribe to us. Subscribe to all of our guest panel or all of our guest guests' social media accounts. All of their accounts are going to be shared in the show notes of this podcast, so you can easily find them. Thank you, and tune in next week.